Hey, good evening. It's John St. Germain. The right reverend is John St. Germain. Let me adjust the microphone. It's pointing uh, it's pointing down to Haiti. John St. Germain welcoming you once again to the Crystal Silence League. Hey, we back. I'm drinking coffee. I hope you are too. We're drinking something. Non-alcoholic. Because we're not a bunch of sinners on the show. We are the graceful saved. So come on back. Talk in just a minute. Hallelujah. It's great to be back on the air, burning up the airwaves, surfing the internet, cruising through the spiritual astral plane. We come back. My cat would say, I see you've been communing with savages. At least you've been hanging out with me, so there you go. Looks like chat room's having troubles tonight. Um, it's sitting here with the, the wheel of death. Maybe some of you are on here. Uh, I sure as heck can't see it. It says, uh, logging in and then spinning. Nothing's happening. Blog talk roulette. Perhaps some of you... Worthy individuals are on there, but we do have people on the uh, phone lines. And, you know, we're a call-in show, so if you'd like to talk to us, guests can always call in at 657-383-0525. Press 1. I'll hit the little flag that pops up on my switchboard. Doesn't that sound fancy, like I've got a lot of equipment here instead of a weird computer interface? And I'll put you on the air you can comment, you can talk, you can ask questions. won't guarantee I can answer them, but by golly, we'll, uh, we'll try. And the spinning wheel spins. Now we're going to talk about a variety of things. We're going to talk about feeding the dead. And I don't, I don't mean zombies either. Uh, we'll talk about zombies some other time, but not tonight. And uh, zombies are fun to talk about, though. Um, I do kind of like zombies, and the uh, popping noise you hear behind me is my douchebag cat Figaro trying to get the door open. He uh, he can't stand it that I'm not letting him in here. If I did, there would be a ruckus like you would not believe as he destroys everything I hold dear and disrupt the show and spill this cup of coffee in my lap. I just got over this... uh, this flu, I thought all last week I felt bad, and I thought it was this head cold because I didn't run a fever. And uh, I shut down Friday. I just couldn't do it. I said, I can't do readings. I was doing six to eight readings a day all week long last week, feeling bad but not you know, dead, tired. I couldn't walk up the steps without being out of breath. My legs would shake walking up a simple staircase. Uh, I was working all day and most of the nights. Uh, I did physical labor working on my chapel. I'm always work- My chapel's like the Winchester house. The sound of uh, hammers and work never ceased. And I felt really bad. I tried to sleep at night. It's like my muscles were cramping. I thought, man, this is a heck of a cold. But I never thought it was the flu. I never ran a fever. Saturday, Sunday, felt bad. Sunday night, I started feeling better. Monday, I was okay. Did five consultations. Uh, worked on a bunch of candles. Woke up this morning feeling good. Hit the ground, went to Waffle House, coffee, breakfast, 
feel good. You can tell I feel better. My wife says, you know what this was we had? I said, what? She said, it was the flu. This flu does not have a fever attached to it. So I said, I worked all last week, five days, with the flu. And, I mean, I worked all day long. You know, some days, the only concession I gave this was I didn't do my show last week <clears throat> because I didn't have a voice. My voice was gone because I had so much congestion. And uh, this flu is killing people. You know, there's a triathlete who died. You don't get healthier than a triathlete. These people are like Hercules. You don't get healthier than that. And I was working with this flu. I just thought I had a head cold. Now, if someone had told me I had the flu, I would have been laying up in bed, you know, drinking ginger ale and eating. I, I didn't take ibuprofen for it or anything. I didn't have a fever. I thought it was cold. I wear it out. You see, what gets in your head, what gets in your head is what you manifest. I manifested a cold. That's all I had. I was able to work. If I had manifested a flu, I'd be probably pushing up daisies today. What gets in your head is what you manifest. So next time the flu goes around and you get it, just tell yourself <laughs> tell yourself you have the egg. You've got the you, know, you don't have a flu. You got a cold. You got a cold cold and aches and pains. Just take some ibuprofen, go right through it. They shut the schools down here over this. Uh, my granddaughter went to school one day last week. And that added to uh, to the fun and games here with with us all with the flu. Uh, but. Uh, you know, I'm almost 60 and uh, went through that, and I think I cheated death simply by thinking I wasn't as sick as I was. So there you go. Let's talk about our uh, crystal of the week, and if you can see it, it's a uh, grape agate. I'm really digging into these uh, uh, these uh, botryoidal ones. We had the brain uh, uh, malachite one time. These uh, botryoidal things, uh, they take the form of uh, nodules, little balls. And the, uh, the purple, purple um, uh, chalcedony is what they are. They're chalcedony in a purple form. And chalcedony comes in all color. Um, but it's a grape agate, and they do look like little bunches of grapes. It, it's a purple agate that looks like grapes, hence their name. And uh, they're really pretty, and they're not that expensive. You can get a pretty good-sized clump for about $25, and uh, and gosh, they are so pretty. You can get a, a small clump about the size of a marble, you know, about half an inch for uh, lithomancy, for casting, and agates are hard. You're not going to break them very easily. You can get one single ball of them, you know, about the size of a, um, you know, about um, three-eighths of an inch, and use that for casting, a little purple ball. Um, and uh, they're very pretty, and I want to tell you that they're very good for transformation. Uh, they do resonate with the crown chakra, so they're uh, uh, they carry uh, crown chakra energy. So it's good for spiritual growth, spiritual wisdom. And I want to tell you that because these things are orbs, uh, I call them Orpheus the Muse. These are muse stimulators. If you're a writer, a musician, an artist, a uh, creative field in any time, you got the writer's block going for you, uh, or you're in the service field and you feel burned out, you need inspiration, this is the stone for you. This is the muse kindler. It will kindle your creative muse. And uh, uh, it suppresses writer's block. It suppresses uh, 
that uh, self-consciousness that arises from the ego brings out your creative muse. Um, it sharpens your mind. It sharpens your perceptions. And um, it brings out the clarity that you need um, to uh, cut through the mental fog and bring out the, the razor edge that you need if you're involved in a creative endeavor. Um, you can use a lot of stones to stimulate the crown chakra. Uh, uh, anything in the indigo purple range, in fact. Uh, but grape agate. Think, think stimulating your muse, you know, seducing, calling your muse. Uh, if you're involved in that, involved in a rider block, that's the zone for you. Grape agate. And again, not very expensive. And even if it was, you know, get you a big piece of it. You know, what price, you know, what dollar sign are you going to put on unlocking your creative um, treasure chest? Come on. Agate's hard. Uh, if you make an elixir from it, drop it directly, you know, wash it off, rinse it off. Uh, I like to cleanse these things in alcohol, um, you know, remove any kind of negative strain that is, uh, they may have picked up traveling through the rather long life that crystals have. You never know what they picked up and collected. You know, you know discharge them somehow, you know, your favorite method. Uh, the hard stones seem to be much easier to discharge than the soft ones. The soft ones are kind of like sponges. They have uh, nooks and crannies in there that you got to really dig that stuff out. Um, I like to rinse them in some kind of alcohol or cologne, Florida water, and uh, discharge them and drop them in your water. Soak, let them soak in the sun, get a good tan, soak in the moonlight for magical purposes, and then um, add a few drops of brandy in there so the water doesn't grow microbes and amoebas and stuff. Decant it, put the cork in it, anoint yourself with it, uh, lubricate your stones, uh, draw your crystal grid on the paper with it, um, sprinkle it about your environment. It, if you're a creator, um, I wonder what would happen if you if you did watercolor and you used your elixir and your watercolor. You make magical drawings and paintings. It would be kind of cool. Uh, but anyway, that's great, Agate. I could talk a lot about it, but I won't. We'll move on to other things, um, such as our prayers. We are the Crystal Silence League, for those of you who may not know it. Um, I often wonder if people accidentally, you know, they're, I don't, I'm not quite sure how blog talk works on the other side. You know, if you're just cruising through blog talk radio and you click on things and you say, well, you know, hey, maybe, you know, this is um, uh, WWF Wrestling Tonight or something, and uh, you click on it, and you find me talking about spirits and things. You go, what the what the hell is this? I meant to get, um, uh, you know, evangelical uh, supporters of Trump or something. Well, boy, are you in the wrong spot. But, uh, <clears throat> uh, but uh, and you wind up with me ranting about spirits and uh, fairies and angels and things, but... Uh, the Crystal Silence League was founded about 1917 by a guy named Claude Alexander Conlon, who was a very tall man with a hypnotic gaze, and nobody could refuse him anything. Uh, in a biography uh, that his wife was quoted, uh, apparently 
uh, one of his wives uh, was much, he was married several times apparently, and one of his wives was much younger than he was. And he went to her parents to ask their blessing, and the parents were very opposed to it until they met him. And he fixed them with a hypnotic gaze. And his wife said they could not refuse him, even though it was obvious that they disapproved of the union. He was a master of silent influence, which we talk about quite a bit here. And in a career spanning nine years in vaudeville, he amassed a vast fortune, made more money than Harry Houdini, about whom many people have heard. Uh, Houdini actually owed him money that he never paid him, <laughs> and uh, 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 and uh, retired. He had a publishing company, the Alex C. Alexander Publishing Company, and he published many books on spiritualism, new thought, divination, uh, all sorts of stuff. So, in that time, he founded the Crystal Silence League, where people would send him prayers, and he would pray over them with a crystal ball. You could join. He'd send you a crystal ball, and uh, everybody prayed and sent out silent influence and positive prayer via the crystal ball, including Mr. Conlon, who was a master mage. When he passed into the silence in 1954, the Crystal Silence League went with him until about 20, 2009, I think. Magical Adepts of Missionary Independent Spiritual Church brought it back to life via the Internet. And you can find us at www.crystalsilenceleague.org, where you'll find our newsletter that I edit, our radio show that you're listening to now, and a page where you can post prayers. And prayers are always free. There's always there's a gift shop there. And if you buy anything um, of value of $5, such as a book or a um, crystal, uh, if you buy a crystal, you get a free book. And if you buy anything else... Uh, Buy anything there, you get a year's membership in the Crystal Silence League. People say, well, how do I join? Well, you buy something or you donate some money. You know, We give you a year's membership. It, it costs money to run this, and we don't ask you for anything. If you want to donate, if you want to buy something, we do. And a lot of this just comes from the uh, proceeds from some of our other operations. Um any monies left over from the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, for instance, etc. A lot of it just comes from they're, they're the gift shop. We'll make some money with the gift shop. Um, it's not a for-profit operation. You know, we don't charge you to pray for you. And our pastors often download 10 prayers a day, and we put them on our altar, and we burn candles, and we pray uh, for you. This is something we do because we are dedicated uh, – to the proposition of the Crystal Silence League, which is to, to spread and disseminate positive prayer and affirmation in an attempt to help this world become a better place. And it's been my custom since we started this program oh, over three years ago. We're on episode 133 to read some of these aloud, which I will do now. And I'll read them and identify them by prayer ID number, not names. We're anonymous in this league, but by prayer ID number. And I invite you to pray along with me as we enter the realm of spirit and wish the following people healing and affirmation and success in their endeavors. Prayer ID 69606, who prays, 
Please send your prayers for my mother, who is on her deathbed. May she rest in peace. May her passage into the next world be peaceful and bring her relief from her suffering. And that her family and friends may find comfort and strength. Thank you. Amen. Prayer ID 69608. Please pray for my sick puppy. Thank you. And prayer ID 69607. Need urgent money this week. Need this to go perfectly. Thank you. He loves what I give him by mail. A loved one needs money, apparently. Prayer ID 69602. Closing on a house on Thursday, and tomorrow is the final walkthrough on the house we're selling. Then if all goes well, the closing is on Thursday. I'm ready to put that house behind me. Need prayers to help finish the deal. There will be no more problems. The house will go in my rearview mirror. So it is, and so it goes. Amen. Prayer ID 69596. Thanks, Crystal Silence League, for all you're doing for me through God. HHH is my husband. Send him back because we get along good. We have different views, but we're great together. Well, HHH told me he loves me, and that's all I need. Stop that roving eyes. Uh Uh-oh. Keep him close to me. If he's the man for me, no kids. We need... uh, protection put around us. He's my man. Bring him back and lock him down with me. He said he wants to move in, so help him to ask me. He's scared and stop all evildoers. Amen. Prayer ID 69595. Please pray for my son to love me and our family again and to stop doing drugs or whatever else is hurting him and change him from the good person he was. Please send a drug-free girl into his life that will love him and guide him away from drugs Instead of the friends who feed that behavior, bad company. I am blessed to have found Crystal Silence League and am thankful for your prayers and hope mine help others. Amen. We do believe that prayer does help. Prayer ID 69594. Pray that R and her husband have enough money to have a happy, healthy home. Please pray to banish the depression that afflicts R. May she be healed. Amen. Prayer ID 69592, please pray for my safety. I'm scared he will hurt me again. May all the angels and ministers of grace and the great spirit himself surround you with health and safety. Prayer ID 69591, may God bless Crystal Silence League on Thanksgiving. I prayed for my healing and good progress was made with a migraine headache post-rheumatic fever syndrome major depression, and other oppressions. By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. I can do all things through Jesus Christ. May Jesus Christ send me ministries of complete healing and theosis. Hosanna and amen. Well, you know, good for you. Good for you, man. Prayer ID 69590. Oh, he, he prays on here a lot. He's been praying for that for a long time. Prayer ID 69590. My girlfriend is having an issue with her parents at the moment. They're making her feel like she's a disappointment to them and telling her brother not to be like her. Well, shame on them. 
Shame on those parents. Her life hasn't been in order lately, and she is trying to get her life together. She's struggling in her walk and seeing God, and I think she's losing faith. She really needs some intervening from God to get her on track. I don't want her going around feeling sorry for herself because it's not helping her. Amen. Shame on those parents telling her that. Prayer, may, may God seal their lips. Prayer ID 69589. Please, please pray I can get this really good job with great pay and benefits. In addition to also bless my new counseling practice, good for you. She's helping people. Oh, I know this I know this person. Hey, good for you. Good for you. I really want to provide financially for me and my daughter. We have struggled a lot this last year. This job would mean a lot. Good for you. Go out there and get them. Amen. Prayer ID 69588. That IB find another place to stay in two weeks or less so that our living space can be freed up and we can feel more comfortable and safe again. I see a pain in the neck roommate here. Amen. Get him out of there. Prayer ID 69587. Please help pray for me and Jay to always be loyal to one another and be more loving towards one another. Give more time and love to each other. Always be sweet to each other. And finally be with each other. It's Valentine's Day and his birthday coming up. I would like to spend time with him, please. Pray that Jay and I be together as one for his birthday, and thank you. And we're going to do one last one. Prayer ID 69586. Fast and pray. Heavenly Father, forgive all of our sins, me, daughter, and husband. Deliver us from devil's chains. Heal our mind, body, and soul. Father, have mercy and grace on my daughter. Touch and heal her completely. Shower your blessings of knowledge and wisdom and good health and joy, peace, happiness, and protection on her. Help her in exams and studies. No one may hurt or harm her. Destroy all evil plans to hurt and harm her. Protect her from illness and infection. Provide all her needs. Healthy food. In Jesus' name, amen. That's someone who knows how to pray. Let's have a moment of silence and prayer for all those in need of affirmation and strength, wisdom, and courage.
Amen. You know, you never feel better in your life than when you've been sick for a week and you weren't sure you were sick, and then you get better, and you feel really good, even if you're not 100%. It's just when you start to feel better, you go, wow, I feel so good, because, you know, you've been sick for a while, and you didn't feel good, and then you feel good. And that's why, you know, I'm kind of hyper right now, because I feel really good, because I didn't feel good, and I was pushing through it. It's kind of like when you're uh, um, carrying something heavy for a while and you set it down, you feel um, like you can just run a mile. You go, ah, I feel so much better. You know, like when you're carrying your kid, you know, you got like our 50-pound four-year-old, <laughs> you carry her from the car, she's asleep, you sit her down, and you, you go, man, this feels really good. What does me, I'm 60, you know, carrying a 50-pound four-year-old dead weight potato sack thing, it's terrible. Sit her down, you go, oh, man, my, my calcified hip feels much better. <laughs> feels much better now. I'm cracking myself up. We're going to talk about feeding spirits, feeding spirits. And uh, I'm going to tell you that the preparation of a meal has always been a very important practice. Uh, there's more to preparing, serving, and eating a meal than just nourishment. You know, am I right? This is a communion. Families celebrate important events and commemorate occasions by preparing and serving and eating a meal. Um, we do this when families get together, um, births, weddings, um, even death. There's food. It's commemorated with food. Religious holidays, food. We gather as a society, as groups, as families with food. So it should not surprise us that transculturally, spirits are honored with offerings of food. And there's a very sound reason for this. Spirits can enjoy food just as we do, in a different way, but just as we do. Now, if you lay a bacon cheeseburger on your ancestral altar, you know, Uncle Jerry's not going to come by and take a chomp out of it. But in a sense, he can. And I'm going to tell you um, that um, it is a very important practice. And um, when, we, um, when we are preparing uh, food... Um, for spirits, according to your tradition, there may be different ways of doing it. And um, sometimes people are afraid of offending spirits by not doing the proper rituals. Well, I'm going to tell you that not many um, uh, spirits, not every spirit knows much about the spirit world. That may surprise you. Uh, it's kind of like if, if I drive across the mountains here and wind up in a, a strange town, it might take me a while to get to know it, right? So someone who's recently dead may not know that much about the rules of the spirit world. So don't don't worry about that. Uh, and also, when you work with spirits, there can be a different type of relationship you have with it. Now, sometimes you have to decide, are you going to be in control of the relationship with the spirit, or are you serving the spirits? So... Um, sometimes it's a little bit of both. Now, I'm 
known to say that the spirits don't work for me, I work for the spirits. Well, this is because many of my spirits are elder family members. But there are spirits that do work for me and uh, where I am in control of the spirit. Um, and some of, the, some of the spirits you control by magical means, by a, um, a training method. There's incense, for instance, uh, reward, reward. And sometimes you may, if a spirit acts out, as some of them will, you, um, you can show your disapproval by withholding reward. You don't give them their favorite food, for instance. And I want to tell you that there are some traditions, some people listening to this will say, oh, no, 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 you never do that. Um, um, but if a spirit that you're working with gives you bad information, lies, or makes something up, uh, you should not reward that spirit. And, and uh, you know, if somebody, if you're in a working relationship with a divinatory spirit and the client is asking a very important question and the spirit gets lazy and says, yeah, this is the answer to it. And you find out later that the spirit did not make a correct investigation. Now, the spirit can make a mistake just like a person can, but you find out that the spirit is laying on its ass and didn't give you, didn't even make the investigation and you're entering a deal, correct? The spirit works for you. You give the spirit a reward. The spirit ain't going to get that reward if the spirit didn't do the work. Now, that, that can get you a reputation uh, for bad answers. And I'm going to tell you that, uh, without bragging, I have a very good reputation as a, as a practitioner of divination and as a practitioner of as a, uh, what is called in the profession. This is, I'm, not, I'm not bragging. This is what is called a master of spirits. Um, so to be a successful necromancer is to be in control of your spiritual condition. Um, and uh, if you lose control of your spirits, you are in deep trouble. You're in deep trouble. Because uh, people call me all the time because they're, they're out of control of their spirits. And, and you know what I mean. You know, I say, I can't sleep at night. I'm having dreams where my, uh, my aunt, my grandmother, my father, my mother, they're in my dreams doing all kinds of shenanigans. Or they're uh, they're uh, hitting me on the toe. So – um, I'm going to tell you that there's uh, a reflection in the spirit world, like the living world. Just as you and I have living mentors and living teachers and living enemies and living friends in the spirit world, they have spirit teachers and spirit mentors and spirit enemies and spirit friends. And just as you can do work in the living world on people, so can spirits be worked on in the spirit world. You can reconcile differences in the spirit world between enemies. You can do binding. You can do reversals. You can do uncrossings in the spirit world. I want to just let that one lay there for a while, while you dwell on that if you never thought about that before. And spirits can do the same thing with your help. Isn't that a cool thing? Now, um, sometimes spirits will misrepresent themselves. Uh, 
they'll just like people do, right? You ever know people that say, well, I'm an expert in this subject. And, and then you talk to them and you realize all they're doing on the internet is pasting, cutting and pasting off Google. <laughs> and they're not, uh, well, uh, spirits can do that too. So you gotta be very careful about it. Um, now I want to talk to you a little bit about, um, about feeding, about feeding spirits. Um, um, Spirits can eat food. They eat the essence of the food. A spirit is the essence of a living being. Uh, everything that exists has essence. It has an astral double. This occurs with food. So when you put food out and offerings, the spirit can eat the essence of the food. Now I'm going to talk to you about uh, hungry ghosts. Uh, they're called they're called pritas, and uh, I'm going to start with uh, uh, an introduction to pritas uh, from uh, a book called the Pitavatu, which is one of uh, the books of the Pali Canon, which is the Buddhist Bible. The Buddhist Bible takes up seven feet of bookshelf. By the way, you think the King James Bible is big? The Buddhist uh, Pali Canon, and that's the Theravadan Canon. You don't talk, you, you know, you add the Maha. Uh, the Mahayana Bible to it, you're looking at about 11 feet of bookshelf. So in the Pedavathu, that's called Tales. Pedavathu means a book of hungry ghosts. It's about people who died and became hungry ghosts. And the way you become a hungry ghost in Buddhism is that you're a hungry ghost in life. You're sensualist. You know, you're a glutton. Uh, you live for sensual pleasures. And then when you die, you're reborn. And rebirth in Buddhism can take many forms. You can be reborn in a material world as a human, as an animal, as an insect, or what's called a uh, – uh, oh, gosh. Anyway, you're, you're born in one of the ghost realms. Uh, you can be born in the heaven realm. Uh, you can be, it's on the tip of my tongue, too. Uh, an apparitional an apparitional rebirth is a ghost uh, in the hell realm and the heaven realm. Now, in a material realm, you don't retain memories of past lives because you pass through the womb. You pass through a human womb or an animal womb, you don't retain memories of a previous life. But the apparitional rebirth is very unfortunate, unless you're reborn in the heaven realm, one of the six heaven realms, or 12 heaven realms. There's 12, yeah. Because you don't pass through a womb. It's instantaneous. You die, boom, you're in heaven, or, or boom, you're in hell. You retain memories of your previous life. You remember how you got there. And the same as a hungry ghost. So the pritas, or hungry ghosts, have a huge hungry belly and a tiny mouth the size of a pen. You don't want to be born as a prita. So there's a... Uh, uh, a sutta, and a sutta is a, is a verse uh, in the Pali Canon called the Tirukuda Kanda, Hungry Shades Outside the Wall. And in many Buddhist countries, they have uh, hungry ghost festivals, and we'll talk about that in a minute, where they will sit outside the walls of the city because they don't want the hungry ghosts inside the city haunting them. Uh, and uh, another custom is in many of these countries, they will not eat the five uh, the five uh, pungent spices, you know, which is uh, shallots, onions, garlic, um, uh, the, the stinky one, um, uh, asadafita, and 
one other because the strong, pungent spices attract the hungry ghost and they'll lick it off your lips. This is, this is an old folk belief. But the hungry shades outside the wall. I'm going to read it to you. Outside the walls they stand and at the crossroads. Eh? At doorposts they stand, returning to their old homes. But when a meal with plentiful food and drink is served, no one remembers them. Such is the karma of living beings. Thus those who feel sympathy for their dead relatives give timely donations of proper food and drink, exquisite and clean, thinking, may this be for our relatives. May our relatives be happy. They make offerings to their ancestors. This is in Buddhist countries. This is Asia. And those who have gathered there, the assembled shades of the relatives, with appreciation give their blessing to the plentiful food and drink. May our relatives live long because of whom we have gained this gift. We have been honored, and the donors are not without reward. For there in their realm, there's no farming. They're talking about the hungry ghost realm. No herding of cattle, no commerce, no trading with money. They live on what is given here, hungry shades, whose time there is done. As water raining on a hill flows down to the valley, even so does what is given here benefit the dead. As rivers full of water fill the ocean full, even so does what is given here benefit the dead. He gave to me. She acted on my behalf. They were my relatives, companions, and friends. Offerings should be given for the dead. When one reflects thus on things done in the past, for no weeping, no sorrowing, no other lamentation benefits the dead, whose relatives persist in that way. But when this offering is given, well placed in the Sangha, it works for their long-term benefit, and they profit immediately. In this way, the proper duty to relatives has been shown. Great honor has been done to the dead, and monks have been given strength. The merit you've acquired is not small. Honoring your ancestors with gifts of food is more meritorious than weeping for them, than sorrowing for them, than crying for them, and even praying for them. Honoring them with gifts of food. For no weeping, no sorrowing, no other lamentation benefits the dead whose relatives persist in that way. But when this offering of food is given, it works for their long-term benefit, and they profit immediately. Now, can you dig this? I mean, can you dig it? So, the Pridas are real beings, according to many, many beliefs. The Pridas, the hungry ghosts, they're a form, a body, a um, and I'm going to read you from a uh, description, a very old description. The body consists only of air and akasha. And akasha, literal translation, now get ready for a chill. Akasha is literally translation, translated as dark matter. Air and dark matter. Air and dark matter which are two, two of the five elements which constitute a body on Earth or any other planet. Air, water, dark matter, fire, and water. 3,000 years ago, the universe is consisting in Hinduism and Buddhism of five elements. Air, water, dark matter, fire, 
and Earth. And the Pritas consist of air and dark matter, not some kind of uh, intangible, invisible, untouchable something out there, but air and dark matter. This is what ghosts are made of. Now, there are other forms of uh, things that go in here, the, uh, the karmic residues and other things, but their body consists of air and dark matter. Our bodies consist of air and matter. Ah? So, the hungry ghosts um, are very tall, very thin, big-bellied, and a tiny little mouth. Now, regular ghosts are like us. But the hungry ghosts are especially tormented because that tiny, tiny mouth, they can only get a very small amount of food. So they suffer. And so food is left out for them. It's usually in a, in a form that they can pass through and get some uh, sustenance. So <clears throat> it's believed in these countries they have what's called the Hungry Ghost Festival, Zhongyuanji, uh, or the Yulan festivals, where uh, food is put out, usually for a number of days, and offered to the hungry ghosts. And on those days, they're able, because of the prayers and the uh, uh, rituals and the incense that's burned and uh, uh, you know, they burn the, the joss paper, you know, the paper money, and they make offerings to the ancestors. They offer uh, prayers to the priests and to the gods. Uh, they're making offerings to their ancestors, and on that day, they can eat their fill. On that one day, they can eat their fill. They're allowed. And uh, once... They're not condemned for eternity. There's no eternity in Buddhism. Once their uh, uh, negative karma is exhausted, they die in the ghost realm, and they're reborn in some other realm, usually a much better one. So uh, <clears throat> that is the, uh, the tale of the hungry ghosts, ghosts made of air and dark matter. Let's take a station identification while you get a drink, and uh, thank your lucky stars you were born a human being and not a uh, not a Prita. You don't want to come back as a Prita. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, Fit and Foxy, Madame Nadia and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays, 6 to 7. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. <clears throat> and hooray, I got the chat room to load. It's a, it's a Christmas miracle. We're talking about ghosts, so you feed your ghosts. Feed your ghosts. Food has essence. Food has spiritual essence. I'm going to tell you that this is a um, uh, an axiom in spiritual work. 
we know that we have um, we know that we have uh, spiritual essence in the roots and the herbs that we use uh, that we activate through our prayers and through our intentions. Um, and uh, otherwise, you know, you put a pinch of rosemary, a pinch of grains of paradise, a pinch of uh, nutmeg, a pinch of allspice, wrap it in paper, put it in a bag. Doesn't do anything. It's not going to do anything. In and of it, that, you might as well be baking the baking a cookie, making a cup of tea. Without the prayers of the practitioner and the intention of the practitioner to awaken the spirit, the essence of the root, you ain't got nothing. And of course, we use uh, what's called in the old root work, and this is so cool. The old root work practitioners talked about the secret prayer book. You read from the secret prayer book. And when you read this in the old literature, you think, oh, my God, i got to get my hands on a copy of that secret prayer book, the secret prayer book. And the secret prayer book is the Psalter. It's the Psalms. So if you run across this, if you're reading the old literature and, uh, and you hear these old guys say, and we were given – we're told to turn to page 43 in the secret prayer book and read it aloud. You go, what's this secret prayer book? These hoodoo guys, these conjurers were using, these witch, you know, you know, these witchcraft guys were using. It's the Psalms. It's the book of Psalms. So you turn to page 43. The book of common prayer, you know, has the, the Psalter in it, right? Get your copy of the book of common prayer, turn to page 43, and uh, read read aloud, and a lot of times, you know, it's like the Lord's Prayer that's from the secret prayer book. And one of the projects I'm going to work on is to take a psalter and annotate it for the use of hoodoo conjurers. I'm going to annotate the thing and uh, and entitle it the secret prayer, you know, the hoodoo workers secret prayer book. That's one of the projects I have on the back burner, and that'll be so cool to have and you know cross reference it with you know Henry Hyatt and et cetera, because that was very exciting to me. Uh, you know, you'd uh, put bluestone, graveyard dirt, uh, a bone, and you know, in a bag, and read from the secret prayer book. And you go, okay, what's bluestone? You know, <laughs> you go on a detective hunt, right, and read from the secret prayer book. So you activate the essence, and it's the same when you're feeding your spirit. You know, you put the food on the altar, and you pray over it, and you know, bless his food, uh, bless his food to the use. Of my spirits, and you know, may you know, Grandfather Ernest, uh, this is for you. This is your food, and Grandfather Ernest, I'm going to leave it here for 24 hours, and it is yours. And then 24 hours, I'm going to remove it and dispose of it. Enjoy it. This is yours, my gift to you, and this will activate the essence of the food. What you give him. Same thing with you know tobacco. You put a gift of tobacco and put it in a bowl. You know, put a pack of cigarettes on it. You know, you know, Grandma, Grandma Emma, these cigarettes are yours. May you enjoy them. You know, you know, may God bless you. You're, you know, you're, you're a good grandmother. I love you very much. Twenty-four hours. These are yours. And then, you know, you don't at the end of that, you don't pick up the cheeseburger and eat it, or the apple and eat it. You dispose of it. You, the essence has been devoured from it, and. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, um, uh, I've offered candy bars to my spirits, and just out of curiosity, after 24 hours, 
uh, I took a bite out of an Almond Joy, and it had no flavor. And I've eaten old candy bars. <laughs> Believe me, I've eaten old candy bars before. I, I, I'll eat a candy bar that's on the floor of my car for a week, you know. I, oh, look, floor candy, you know, and I'll eat it. And they still have flavor, but I've eaten them off my altar. I've just taken a bite, you know, you know, say, uh, you, you know, uh, you know, Victor, I'm going to eat and take a bite out of your candy bar, buddy. And, uh, and it has no flavor. It, it's like uh, the flavor has been leached out. And, and if you don't believe me, now don't do this a lot because your your spirit, that's, that food belongs to your spirits. Do it once and then give give some more back to your spirit. You, you know, ask your spirit, say, you know, you don't want to take a bite of this. Is okay. You know, your spirit will say, you know, go ahead and take a bite. It has no flavor. And, you know, I don't think there will ever be a scientific because if you bring a scientist, a team of physicists in to study your altar, your spirits are going to, they'll be taillights, man. They're just going to go away and, you know, buy forever. Uh, but there's no flavor. And you'll find this with flowers you put on your altar. They'll smell very, very sweet. And you take them off the altar and they'll lose their uh, savor. Florida water, a very fragrant um almost overpowering uh, cologne. You put it on your altar. I mean, you can try this. Uh, take two bowls of Florida water, put one on your altar and one next to your bed, and see the one on your altar will lose its fragrance a lot faster than the one next. Try try it. You know, try it. Um, the spirits will consume the essence. So you feed your spirits. They will consume the essence. So I have to. You know, people ask me, "Well, how does the spirit? What do they get from the food? The essence. Food has an astral body. Your coffee cup has an astral body. You know, when you break your coffee cup, the astral body remains intact. There are, uh, you know, curly in photography. They'll, they'll take a curly in photograph of a leaf that has a piece of it missing, and the curly in photograph shows the complete leaf. I mean, you've seen this. I mean, you've seen this, right, on books of curly and photography. There are people who have a missing finger, and they'll take a curly and photograph of their hand, and the uh, the hand is intact. Your astral body doesn't lose that finger. Now, someday somebody's going to figure out how to regenerate missing parts by doing a holographic reconstruction of the astral body. And... Uh, so, you know, cool, right? You know, they'll, they'll, they'll have a polymer tank, and the astral body will go into the polymer tank, and we can, they, they can practically do that now. With a, they'll project a hologram into a into a, a, poly, a tank of polymer material and make a mold of it. It's, you know, I love living in the future. I don't quite understand how that works, but they can do it. Um, <clears throat> so, imagine now a polymer tank. And you conjure up a spirit, and the spirit steps in the polymer tank, and a body is generated for it. You, know, you bring back, you know, your dead spouse, your dead pet. You know, it says, ah! <laughs> There's a script for you for a movie. There you go. So you feed your spirits. Uh, incense, uh, certain types of incense, very good to feed your spirits. And uh, al let's see, alcohol. Uh, the question of alcohol. Uh, very common in many, many magical traditions. Uh, 
Scandinavia uh, and German uh, necromancers uh, almost universally will give their spirits beer, um, uh, whiskey and rum. Uh, that's that's almost a given in Caribbean traditions. Uh, um, African religious traditions, there's a practice called uh, mouth spraying that's done a lot in uh, Afro-Caribbean traditions. So you take a mouthful of uh, whiskey and you, uh, you know, you blow it on the altar or on the magical practices. And I'll tell you that uh, many of the old school people, and to this day they do, when, they, when they're making a charm of any kind, will mouth spray it with whiskey. Uh, you take the whiskey, uh, roll it around the mouth and spray it. And if you saw the, uh, the, hoodoo pri- the voodoo priestess in uh, uh, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, you know, she was a real voodoo priestess from New Orleans. She mouth sprayed the uh, the grave. When she went to the grave, she mouth she took a mouthful of whiskey and ma- mouth sprayed the grave. That's a uh, that's a real practice. Sometimes you'll make a a, a jackball, uh, which is uh, magical objects wrapped in string, and you'll tie knots at the beginning of the string and mouth spray it. And uh, you know, are you going to ask me if you buy something from me? Do I mouth spray it? Uh, the answer is uh, sometimes yes. It'll be mouth sprayed. It's a very uh, old practice. Uh, corn liquor, corn whiskey, is very similar to a brew that was made in the Congo uh, that was used to uh, uh, given to the spirits. And so a lot of times people ask me if they're, if they're going to feed their mojo bag, which again is feeding the spirits, right? I say use whiskey, and cheap whiskey is good. And so, well, I can get uh, Crown Royal bourbon, and I can no, no, feed it whiskey, feed it corn liquor. Why well, can get wine? I can no, feed it whiskey. Go get a cheap one of those little cheap bottles of whiskey. Listen to me, whiskey. Why well, can get tequila? And I feed it whiskey. <laughs> so, uh, because the spirits are not impressed that you, you know, you're feeding it. Uh, a $500 bottle of Napoleon brandy, feed it whiskey. Uh, now, there are some schools of magic that um, uh, conjure the spirits of deities uh, that like to drink blood. I, I stay away from that myself. I don't do blood sacrifice, but you know, some, some of you may. I can't comment on it. I don't. I don't do it. I never have. I have used my own blood in rituals, and um, I have, I'll talk about that. That's another topic altogether. Now, um, I'll tell you that uh, alcohol will really stir up your spirits, uh, though um, it has an immediate energizing effect in many spiritual rituals. You will. You will feel those spirits immediately come to life. Uh, the essence of alcohol is very powerful, and that's why many of the uh, colognes, Hoyt cologne, Florida water, uh, Kananga water, Rose water, uh, they have an alcohol base. You, you put these on your altar, you spray them on the altar, you uh, anoint your magical objects with it. It has an immediate uh, energizing effect. You bless people with it. Uh, if, if people have a, uh, a negative energy, on it, you uh, you anoint them, you wash them with a with a 
solution that has uh, these uh, alcohol-based waters, there's an immediate energizing effect, uh, uh, almost electric, that is just incredible. Um, um, you know, in many uh, cultures, alcohol was called uh, aqua vida. Uh, uh, there's a Celtic name, too, water of life. Alcohol is called the waters of life, the vitalizing water. I forget the Irish name for it, it's, it but it means waters of life. Whiskey bar, whiskey bar, isn't it? Uh, in whiskey, whiskey bar, water of life. Uh, so get you a... Uh, um, when you get a when you there's massages called an alcohol rub. You rub alcohol all over your body, and uh, it has an immediate effect. They used to do this if you were fatigued. They'd rub rubbing alcohol all over your body, and you, you'd wake up like ah hey. So if you um, if you're uh, offering alcohol to your spirits, be very careful. Do it with a shot glass. Give them a shot, and just give them a little bit at a time. You don't want to get your spirits drunk. The essence is very powerful, and you don't want to give it to spirits that you know are alcoholics. Uh, you know, if you had a drunken uncle, you know, don't say, hey, hey, Uncle Pete, you know, here's your uh, shot of liquor. Um, but it, it's a tradition in all cultures to offer spirits alcohol. Uh, and if, you're, if your spirit, you know, say you're working with the spirit of your mom or your aunt, and she liked wine or she liked sherry, give her wine or sherry. Um and don't give them more than they can handle. Uh, some of your spirits can be very persuasive. You know, they'll say, "Yeah, give me another one of those, Johnny. Let me have another one. Yeah, let me have another one. Yeah, I'll do that job for you. Give just another drink for the road." And you got a drunken, you got a drunken spirit out there trying to do work for you. Uh, so, uh, I want to tell you that uh, in some of these practices, you offer the drink not in a shot glass, but directly from your mouth. You, you know, you put it in your mouth and spray it on the altar or on the icon, you may have an icon on your altar representing the spirit, a totem. You get, and uh, sometimes you, you smoke a cigar and blow the smoke, give them the smoke that way. Um, um, and um, that, that's all part of feeding the spirits. Um, um, there are certain days set aside for honoring the spirits in many traditions, you know, the Day of the Dead, um, and um, I'm going to tell you that uh, you got to be constantly vigilant because wherever there are spirits, other spirits will come, and you have to have tricks to keep uh, the negative and trickster spirits away. I guess we'll talk about that next week. See you then.